I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The dam has broken. The red waves are flowing. And if you want to keep your head above water, you best move on out to the range. It's high noon for Monday, May 24th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can occasionally find me on Gab at I'm your moderator and the merchandise site is www.cancelcotour.com. Today is the 124th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist dummy, fake proxy president Joe Biden who is overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party to the point where he literally quoted Mao Zedong in a commencement speech to the Coast Guard cadets. Really, he quoted Mao. Also, Joe Biden is so compromised and so illegitimate and so disrespected by world leaders that the Chinese military officials will not even take calls from Joe Biden's fake Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. That's how weak the fake American president is. But that's not all. Joe Biden is also the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth, That's Hunter Biden, the very same Hunter Biden who Breitbart News reports just today, according to Secret Service travel records obtained by Judicial Watch, then Vice President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, took 411 trips across 29 countries between 2009 and the middle of 2014. That includes 23 flights into or out of Joint Base Andrews, home to Air Force One and Air Force Two. And Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, in a discussion with Joni Ernst, said, I broke a story over the weekend that Hunter Biden had flown out of Joint Base Andrews 23 times while Joe Biden was vice president. He'd taken 411 trips, according to Secret Service travel records, including 29 foreign countries. How do you fly out of Joint Base Andrews? Can I do that or do I have to know someone if I want to fly? And Joni Ernst said, sounds like sure, why not? Sounds like just anybody can. That's very concerning, Alex, and thank you for bringing that to light. And this is why I do think we need to look into the activities that have gone on with Hunter Biden. So isn't that amazing? Hunter Biden, while his father was vice president, was using Joint Base Andrews to take off and land as he traveled to foreign countries. Does that seem like something that the president's children should be allowed to do? I don't recall Don Jr. or Ivanka or Eric or Barron, or even Tiffany ever doing that. And would it have been a scandal if they had? Oh, you bet your ass. So congratulations, commies. You pretended that you were solving corruption 
by finding the most corrupt possible person to install illegitimately into the office of fake president. And then you just wiped your hands. You're done. Your job's done. You did everything the TV told you to. And you went in that voting booth and you voted for someone who is a walking national security threat. And you pretended that he was going to save all the little people, all the oppressed and marginalized people. But instead, he made their lives incalculably worse. How did that happen, commies? It's almost like you didn't know what you were doing. But regardless, I would like to extend a warm Monday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, redeemable commies. We see you. We know who you are. You should be happy that we see you as redeemable. That's why we still talk to you about your communism. And the best part is that you still talk to us. That's how we know you're redeemable. Because we know what happened to the real commies. The real commies have made sure that no one in their life ever challenges the slogans. They just repeat the slogans and repeat the slogans and repeat the slogans. And if a friend or a family member, even if you've known this person all your life, if that person stops repeating the slogans, those real commies out there just, that's it. Relationship over. But not you, redeemable commie. You are holding on for dear life. And somewhere in that head of yours, you know that what you did is really, really bad. Like really bad. To the point where you will have to spend the rest of your life making up for it. But that's okay. So many of us are in the same position. I mean, granted, not in May of 2021. Now you're just straight up obviously supporting a Nazi regime. It's one thing to accidentally walk yourself into a hate movement. It's another thing to be fully in that hate movement and not try to get out. So what we're trying to do is tell you, Kami, come on back to America. You're welcome here. We all want to forgive you. All you have to do is stop being a communist. It's not that hard. You just actually have to know one single thing about any of the subjects you talk about. As soon as you know one actual real life fact about the subjects you talk about, well, it's pretty easy to stop being a commie after that. Because you'll have thoughts like, whoa, 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 whoa. The Chinese Communist Party has two million Muslim Uyghurs in concentration camps right now where the women are sterilized and raped and their heads are shaved so their hair is sold as extensions to Western women and the men are beaten and tortured and everyone there is re-educated out of their faith. Oh, and Joe Biden is totally compromised by them and will do anything they say. Oh, oh, and the Chinese Communist Party also released the China virus on the world and they covered it up and they didn't tell anybody and they did it in cahoots with Anthony Fauci who funded the construction of coronavirus with American taxpayer dollars. Whoa, that Chinese Communist Party. Whoa, that's what I've been supporting. That's what my vote went to support. Yeah, commie, that's exactly what it is. But just be thankful because the thing is, there are enough smart people in this country that came around before the election 
And that's why Trump won by tens of millions of votes, which is why Joe Biden and George Soros and the Clintons and all these corrupt Democrats had to inject tens of millions of fake votes into the election just to convince you guys that you actually won somehow and that you actually won the popular vote. Yeah. Who's going to notice an extra five million fake votes in California? That's what California is for. California is literally for convincing the rest of the country that there actually is some disagreement and that not every place in this country is red. But just like everywhere else, the California commies are wrong, too. And that's why Gavin is being recalled. It's not going to stop commies. It will stop when you stop personally. Personally, come to terms with the fact that you don't know anything about politics and world events. And then you have two choices. You can either sit down and shut up and just observe, which is totally fine. Or you can actually take the time to learn about things and get on the side of the right and good and try to make up for what you have done and where you have led this country. And I think a good self-test for you redeemable communists out there is to think about this. Do you think that Vladimir Putin believes there was no election fraud in the November 2020 elections in the United States of America? Right? That's it. Think about whether or not Vladimir Putin believes the things that Rachel Maddow and Jake Tapper say, right? Russia, the very scary country, this co- the country you guys are all scared of because you don't understand Vladimir Putin. And by the way, I'm not getting Vladimir Putin's back. I don't have to. But the difference between what Russia actually is And what the TV tells you it is, is enormous. But let's say, right, that Russia is every bit as dangerous as you believe. Obviously, they have really good intelligence there, right? I mean, Vladimir Putin's KGB, right? That's very scary, right? So the KGB obviously must be pretty efficient at what they do. You know, gathering intelligence, influencing world events. That's what they do, right? Do you think the KGB is operating on the same information as Rachel Maddow and Jake Tapper and USA Today and the woke bloggers at the New York Times? You think they're all operating on that information, the election information that you got off TV? You think Vladimir Putin was like, oh, Chris Krebs from CISA said nine days after the election that this was the most secure election in American history. You think he believes that? You think Vladimir Putin is confused as you are that Iran was interfering in that election? The director of national intelligence announced to the country before the election that Iran had already been interfering in the election that they had been able to access voter registries around the country. So there was already foreign interference on a cybersecurity level. Do you think that the powerful countries 
around the world are as unaware of that as you are. Do you think that they think foreign election interference is a big lie? Intelligence agencies from rival countries around the world. Do you think that they think this is all a big lie? Do you think they listen to Bill Barr, that Bill Barr has seen no proof of election fraud widespread enough that it could have changed the outcome? Like he said in December, you think that's what page Vladimir Putin is on? No, commies, no. Leaders around the world know what happened in the election. Every single regime around the world that uses the phrase build back better is doing so because they are part of the great global reset agenda. That is not a conspiracy theory. It's not made up. Look up Klaus Schwab's book. He wrote a book about it. All the countries saying build back better are down with that program. The Great Global Reset Program. The Great Global Reset Program is global communism. All of the world leaders guiding their countries under that Build Back Better slogan are all on board. So why in the world would they decline to pretend that Joe Biden is president? You think they don't know? They are part of the same system that installed Joe Biden as fake president. Election fraud didn't start by accident on November 3rd, 2020. This is a decades long process that has been put in place by members of both parties in the United States and regimes all across the world. They all know, okay, the only people on the entire planet who don't understand that this election was illegitimate are the commies who believe every single thing they see on television. That's it. All right. Normal Americans know something was wrong, even if they haven't looked into it. The only people pretending there's nothing wrong are commies and members of the party of false decorum. And I haven't talked about this in a little while. But it's important to remember the party of false decorum are people who will guide their lives and their decisions based on how it will be interpreted by those people they want to impress. Okay. They don't need to impress us. That's not what they care about because they're not looking to get jobs from us. They're not looking to get famous from us. They're not looking to get easy social credit from us. They want social credit from Chrissy Teigen. They want social credit from actors and woke blogs. And they'll keep it up until it stops being profitable for them. For most of them, for people who are so committed to the party of false decorum, they will not stop repeating the slogans until it is all over. They will hang on to the bitter end because there is nothing that could be worse for a member of the party of false decorum than having their entire lives proved wrong, than having their entire ostensible morality proved to be immoral and evil. 
And that's what they're facing now. I said a few months ago that a parallel situation was developing in Myanmar. And that's correct. This is Reuters on May 21st, so that's Friday. Myanmar junta's electoral body to dissolve Suu Kyi party. Got that? Myanmar's junta-appointed election commission will dissolve Aung San Suu Kyi's political party for vote fraud in a November election. Local media reported on Friday, citing a commissioner who threatened action against traitors involved. News sites Myanmar Now and the Irrawaddy said the announcement was made at a meeting on Friday with political parties that was boycotted by many, including Suu Kyi's National League for Democracy. The army seized power on February 1st, overthrowing and detaining the elected civilian leader Suu Kyi, who led a nonviolent struggle against dictatorship in the last two decades of the military's 1962 to 2011 rule of Myanmar. The military justified its coup by accusing the NLD of obtaining a landslide victory through a manipulated vote, though the Electoral Commission at that time had rejected its complaints. The NLD says it won fairly. The military has pledged to hold an election within two years and hand power to the winner. The NLD had committed fraud, so we will have to dissolve the party's registration. The chairman of the junta-appointed Union Election Commission, Dien So, was cited in the reports as saying. He was quoted saying, those involved in election fraud will be considered as traitors and action taken against them. A spokesman for the military council did not answer calls seeking comment. And the article goes on, but again, this is a parallel to our situation. And the same people came to back Suu Kyi and tried to justify and reaffirm that the election was not fraudulent. George Soros himself had a Black Lives Matter Antifa equivalent there in the streets protesting and rioting. Now, the military had already taken over in Myanmar. So things don't go well for protesters and rioters when the military is actually in charge to keep order. It's not like in America where the BLM and Antifa rioters only go to Democrat states with Soros DAs who refuse to charge them with crimes if they're even arrested in the first place. And so they're abusive. They burn down businesses. They vandalize and destroy homes. They beat, they kill, and they loot. That's what they do in cities run by Democrats because they know they can get away with it. So they tried that in Myanmar. They tried having Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton and all the lead communists in the United States try to come out and say that there was no election fraud, there was no manipulation in Myanmar, everything was just perfect. And wouldn't you know it, our favored candidate won in a huge victory. And you can't look at anything. Except they took the next step. They said, fine, we won't look. We're just going to take over the country because we already know the answer. Just like we know here. Now, Trump chose a different path. And I think that that path is going to work out just fine. But at least their country had to immediately face the fact that their election may damn well have been stolen. Ours still hasn't come to terms with that. Because we have people out there lying to everyone, like Rachel Maddow, who went into just 
panic mode at the end of last week. And it was honestly amazing to watch. Talking about Lynn Wood, talking about the Q documentary, trying to say that somehow, uh, what is his name? Uh, Doug Logan from Cyber Ninjas was a Q guy because he had talked to Code Monkey Z, Ron Watkins, and tried to ask Ron what information he had about the election fraud and if he could share it. And so that little communication right there means that Doug Logan is now a QAnon conspirator because everyone knows that Ron Watkins is Q, except Ron Watkins isn't Q. And the only way to believe that is to, again, only listen to the television and only listen to people like Rachel Maddow. The guy who made Q into the storm, Cullen Holback, I think is his name, the the documentary for HBO. He came to the conclusion that Ron Watkins, Code Monkey Z, is Q. And he thinks he got Ron Watkins to admit that, except he didn't get that at all. And you can just watch it and see that. And also, the entire point of the documentary was to figure out who Q is and to talk about how dangerous Q is. And try to get Q shut down, try to get Akun shut down, try to get all these different channels shut down so that people can't communicate. But that doesn't make Ron Watkins Q. And that doesn't make Doug Logan Q because Doug Logan tweeted at Ron Watkins. That's the entire basis for saying that QAnon is running the Arizona audit. And that's nuts. And it's honestly just sad because it's not going to work. I don't know what Rachel Maddow thinks she's accomplishing. She's red pilling her own audience, maybe because she's so panicked and so bad at what she does. Maybe she's giving people new slogans to repeat, but they're not working. The Arizona audit is back in effect today. They took a week off because other groups needed that event space. They used it. Now the audit is back on and it's just as transparent as it always was. It's being filmed from a million angles live 24 hours a day. You can watch it. It's the most transparency you could possibly ever get. But that doesn't stop Rachel Maddow from saying it's not transparent. And it doesn't stop her audience from believing it. Her audience will believe it's not transparent simply on the basis that they don't know anything about it. And they assume that if they don't know anything about it, no one else does either. This is one of the most critical things to understand about being in the party of false decorum and being the kind of person who repeats slogans and being the kind of person that votes for Joe Biden. They actually think that they know everything about this stuff. They think that they can argue about issues because they'll listen to Someone like Rachel Maddow tell them about why H.R. 1 is good. And if you think it's bad, everyone's racist. So they'll be like, I'm totally ready to debate H.R. 1. No, commie, you're just going to call everyone racist again. That's your only move. You can't debate H.R. 1. That's not what you're doing. You're not talking about the issue. You're calling people racist. Like, yes, you think you have another brilliant justification for it. But all you're doing is calling people racist. You're not actually arguing issues at all. But that's what not transparent means to them. It means they don't know anything about it. And so no one else must know about it either. Therefore, 
the thing must not be transparent. Otherwise, people would know things about it. But like everything else, commies, the transparency problem is also just a you problem. You choose to believe the television. You choose not to research anything. You can watch Rachel Maddow on television saying the audit is not transparent while right next to her, there's a screen showing the camera footage of the audit. That's crazy mindless. Like that's not being able to finish one entire thought. Like, oh yeah, it's not transparent. It's not transparent. I wonder what that is on the side of the screen. (laughs) They have it filmed 24-7. You can watch the entire thing if you want. And that's just fine. This should be a transparent process. They're not divulging anyone's private information. Voting should be private. Counting the vote should be the most transparent process ever. And if transparency and counting the vote scares you, there's a good reason for that. It's because you know your side cheated and you know your side lost. And somewhere deep down, you know that you don't know anything. And that there's more of us, way, way more of us. Now imagine when you have to apply that thought process to how you've been bullying people about gender. Hey, here's the thing, commies. There's two genders. Okay? There's two sexes and there's two genders. If you want to talk about people who were born with both, fine. But that's a fraction of a percentage of everybody. And we don't need to create things called sparkle gender for that. Sorry, commies. I know you thought that you were on the right side of history and that you're saying this thing that everyone knows and that science proves it, but you're wrong. Okay? Science doesn't prove any of the things you think it proves. And we can see that you have no problem lying about it based on the way you still talk about the coronavirus. Arizona is coming to get you. It's a big, scary monster. Exactly as scary as you try to pretend it isn't. Which is why you watch Rachel Maddow. Because Rachel Maddow makes you think that you are still the smart one. But you're not the smart one. And you know you're not the smart one because you don't know anything, which is why you get mad whenever anyone points it out. When someone tells me I don't know anything, I say, I guess we can see about that. Tell me what you got, commie. I don't get mad. The people listening to this show don't get mad. You get mad, commies. Because you're the ones who have your identity all wrapped up in being right about politics all the time. And all you have to do is watch the TV to know which thing you have to say to be right all the time. And then you get to go out and say that all the smart people agree with you and all the scientists agree with you. Except it's just not true. But it actually got even worse for commies than that last week in terms of the election. And I know I missed the show on Friday. I was in transit. I apologize. 
But on Friday, Judge Amaro, down in Georgia, said that Garland Favorito's group is going to be able to access 140,000 physical ballots in Fulton County, where they believe that no less than 30,000 of those ballots are entirely fake. Entirely fake. And what will that mean in a state that Joe Biden won by less than 12,000 votes? What will that mean when they go in and they find that basically all of those 30,000 fake votes are for Joe Biden and are for John Ossoff? Because this isn't just about Trump and it never has been. And this is another thing that I've been saying since sometime mid last year. The entire country is red. Entire states are red. The Democrats win in places they cheat. And that's about it. Yes, there's some true commie enclaves around the country. No doubt. Small places in California, maybe New York, certainly Oregon and Washington. But that's pretty much it. Every other blue place in the country is blue as a result of election fraud. You think that's hyperbolic? Wait and see. Wait and see. That's how confident I am. I have been saying this for basically an entire year now. A year ago is when I started talking, over a year ago is when I started talking about the fact that Democrats were trying to use COVID to get in all of these fake ballots and rig all these systems so they could steal the election. I've been talking about this for an entire year. And now it's coming out. And in the meantime, I've been censored and banned and called a conspiracy theorist. I've had my posts targeted and taken down by the California Secretary of State's office. Multiple platforms. I straight up got canceled on Yelp. But I didn't stop saying it. Why didn't I stop saying it? Ah, because it's right. And we're going to get to have that party. We're all going to get to have that party together. Because it is right. And it was obviously right. And it was provably right the entire time. Okay? We didn't misstep. We didn't go down the wrong trail. We nailed it. We knocked it out of the park. And it's coming around now. And we're going to see it. And when that happens, I'm making a T-shirt that says, sorry, Hollywood, Chris Paul was right. And I can't wait. Am I going to rent a billboard and put it on there? Maybe. Or someone else might. Just for fun. I wonder how much the one right across from the Chateau Marmont costs. That one right on Sunset Boulevard that always has like a Calvin Klein billboard up there. I think I would like it to say, sorry, Hollywood, Chris Paul is right. (laughs) It's coming, baby. It's coming. We don't have to pretend the world is a different way. We know what the world is. We can see what the world is. Nancy Pelosi is still in office. How's that happen? Is Nancy Pelosi woke? How does Nancy Pelosi not get primaried into next month by these little commies in San Francisco? There's enough commies there to primary Nancy Pelosi. It never works, though, does it? How's that? How is it that California changed their system around so that 
The top two vote getters in the primary go to the general election, even if they're from the same party. Nancy Pelosi is so corrupt that she got the laws in California changed so that she never has to run against a Republican. All they have to do is inflate the vote for Democrats just on one side, and then it's Democrat on Democrat. And then everybody says, oh, Nancy Pelosi, she's got that big political machine. She really knows how to fundraise, and that's what really matters. That's what we've been told for decades, that somehow the political machine and the fundraising is how these politicians stay in power. And that the fundraising's good because it's good for the party. So we need to keep them in power so the entire party wants it. Oh, yes, Queen Nancy, we must vote for her again. I know every 25-year-old in the world can't wait to vote for Nancy Pelosi. And then, of course, all these dumb commie women who have nothing to do. They're bored as hell. They think the only thing to do in life is talk about their politics and show everyone how important and woke and educated they are. But they're not. They don't love Nancy Pelosi. They pretend to love Nancy Pelosi. Oh, Nancy Pelosi, she's our queen. She has all the power. She's the one who can stop the orange man who hurts us so bad. And Nancy Pelosi stays in power forever. John Fredericks from Georgia was on War Room today talking about how Judge Amaro is legitimately ready if the review of those ballots is proven to be what we think it will be proven to be. Judge Amaro is ready to tell Brian Kemp he needs to call a special session of the Georgia legislature and that he's ready to decertify the November 2020 election, which, and I would imagine that would decertify the January runoff as well. So how are Democrats going to react to that? May 28th, that's this Friday. That's when those ballots become unsealed. And this process is not going to take long. It might be another six weeks in Arizona, but it sounds to me, and the chatter is, that this Georgia thing could be finished much more quickly than that. What is Brian Kemp going to do? His political career is basically over. His daughter's boyfriend was already blown up in his car. Where does Brian Kemp have to turn now? He is going to be exposed. Brad Raffensperger is already being exposed. What happens when the mainstream media has no choice but to say that a judge in Georgia has decertified their election? Not QAnon, not the cyber ninjas, a judge looking at actual evidence Evidence that has been around and built upon since the election. Garland Favorito's name was out there in November. Here we are almost seven months later, and we're still having these discussions because of what the media and the Democrats and the complicit old guard have done to this country. This all could have been settled by January 20th. The fraud is that blatant. It's that out in the open. There's that much proof of it. But instead, we had to go through this process. And part of that is a choice that Donald Trump made. He could have ordered the military to go seize all the election equipment. And what would the media have said? They would have said it was a coup. 
Same thing they're saying in Myanmar right now. But it's not a coup. It's election fraud. And the military is taking the responsibility for restoring the country to the rule of its citizens. And that's what's going to happen here if it has to. Military is not a great option. It'd be much better if the citizens just carried this through on their own. And we could stop the rioting and the looting. But everyone's going to know it's the same situation it's been the entire time. I've said this pretty much every day for the last nine months. The red wave is real. Donald Trump won in a massive landslide. Republicans won all around the country. Donald Trump had coattails. Joe Biden had no coattails. Republicans overperformed everywhere, and yet we were still told that Donald Trump lost to the guy who didn't leave his basement, to the guy who literally not, could not draw a single person to an event in Phoenix, Arizona. Not one person. Him and Kamala together, not one person. They didn't draw one person. And we're supposed to believe that Maricopa County voted for Democrats, that Arizona voted for a Democrat? No way in hell. It's all coming down. It's all coming down. Now, Uncovered DC published a great summary today of the situation in New Hampshire. And this is Michelle Edwards. Wyndham auditors, ballot folds are not the only problem. On Saturday, two of the three auditors performing a forensic audit in Wyndham, New Hampshire, confirmed that, while not the only issue, ballot folds significantly affect how ballots are read by the town's Diebold ES2000 Model A voting machines. Additionally, while processing the same ballots, the auditors witnessed vastly different error rates on two of the machines. And this is a tweet from Harry Hursty. To clarify, the work is not completed yet. While the folding seems to be a strong contributor, it is clearly not the only factor. For example, we have observed vastly different error rates on two machines processing the same ballots. Work continues. A tweet from W Auditors, at W Auditors. This is Wyndham, New Hampshire Auditors. The fold effect is large enough to account for discrepancies, but not, might not be all that's going on. 75 folded ballots voted straight Republican. Only 48 votes recorded for them. Folds generated overvotes. This is the machine used on election day for most absentee ballots, and it gives the, uh, the paper readout from the machine. The auditors indicated last week fold lines might be an issue. They spent Saturday recreating two separate mock elections, hoping to determine what caused the unprecedented discrepancies between the November 3rd election result totals and the November 12th election recount totals. Focused on the percentage of possible errors due to ballot folding, Harry Hursty and Philip Stark explained to Nick Mossider and Lisa Mazur that they set up two sets of mock elections, each designed to try and determine how votes were taken away from Republican candidates and how votes were added to Christy St. Laurent. One potential theory suggests the machines might reject specific ballots. For example, ballots that voted straight Republican down the line for all four candidates and count the entire ballot as an overvote. This scenario might occur if, after voting for the four Republican candidates, the machine then reads the ballot fold, which appears on, next on the ballot and occurs right at St. Laurent's name as a vote for a fifth and extra candidate. In the case of an overvote, all votes on the ballot are canceled and reported as blanks. Got that? So the fold error that the machine reads 
It reads it as an extra vote on the ballot and then cancels the ballot entirely. Indeed, upon completing their experiment, the auditors explained that they discovered Wyndham's machines were reading the fold as they speculated with, according to Philip Stark, an astonishing error rate ranging from 25% up to 72%. Here's a tweet from Heather Mullins. Wyndham, several test scans revealed that folds through bubbles on ballots are being counted as votes or blank votes, overvotes. In one scan of 75 folded marked test ballots, only 28% of state Republican race votes got counted. 28% of the vote got counted because of this specific machine error. Town officials use folding machines on absentee ballots they mail out. This now implicates machines statewide and any races folds went through. Okay? This specific error could be replicated over and over and over and over and over again throughout the state. Of course, that means it can also be replicated over and over and over and over again around the country because mail-in ballots get folded. In Georgia, we're going to find that a bunch of those fake ballots in Fulton were noticeably fake, and this is what people have signed affidavits to, They were noticeably fake because there were no folds in them, which means that they were never mailed. And if they were never mailed, how are they legitimate mail-in ballots? And I know, Kami, you're like, wait, but they they drop the mail-in ballots in the drop boxes. Yes, Kami. Yes, that is what they do. But not before they're mailed to the voter, Kami. You got it? So a mail-in ballot is mailed once to the voter. So they're going to fold it that time no matter what. And then the voter can put it in the drop box rather than mailing it if they're a communist and dumb enough to put their ballot in the Mark Zuckerberg drop boxes and then dumb enough to not see how that's a problem. They could have it only mailed once. But it's still mailed once, which means there should be folds in it. So if it's pristine paper or different paper or paper filled in By printer toner and not ink, it's pretty obvious that those ballots aren't real. And guess whether or not I'm making that up, commies. Ha, you were right, I'm not. While talking with Mostert, Hursty revealed that before the November 3rd election, individuals with decision-making powers were aware of the potential problems that ballot folding could present in voting machines. Still, according to Hursty, in an effort to save money, the decision was made that, quote, less expensive, ballot, less expensive envelopes should be used, end quote, which means ballots would need to be folded before being mailed. Noting that n- no one expected the fold to cause this much trouble, Hursty added, but folds cause trouble elsewhere, too. Hursty did not acknowledge who in New Hampshire was aware of the potential ballot folding issue when pressed to elaborate. Instead, he continued discussing ballot folding, stating the improper folding by the machine was something he had not seen before, but could be a maintenance issue, stating, if you look at the manual, there is instruction where the folding format has to be placed. If the folding had been done along those lines, none of this would have happened. Oh, well, that's a lovely excuse that takes responsibility off people, Mr. Hursty. But... We're kind of all smarter than that at this point, aren't we? 
remarking there is still much more to be examined. Stark confirmed that Saturday's tests offer an explanation for both the subtraction of votes from the Republican candidates and the initial addition of votes to Democratic candidate Christy St. Laurent. Last week, Deputy Secretary of State David Scanlon announced his office was taking a wait-and-see approach to the possibility that fold lines and absentee ballots may have caused voting machines to misread totals in Wyndham's election. With confirmation from Hurstie and Stark that fold lines are a definite issue in Wyndham, there is speculation the problem is widespread in the state. Philip Stark commented last week, Throughout New Hampshire, you're using the same voting machines, the AccuVote, and in principle, it could be an issue. It really depends where the folds are in relationship to the vote targets. Present at the audit again on Saturday, LHS Associate President Jeff Silvestro departed in a hurry when Nick Mossiter approached him to ask why he was there, saying as he hurried out the door, quote, ask the auditors, they are the ones who asked me here, leave me alone, I would appreciate it, end quote. Recently, when asked whether Silvestro's attendance at the audit was a conflict of interest, Richard Tracy of the New Hampshire Attorney General's Office replied, quote, just because it's a conflict of interest doesn't make it illegal, end quote. That is just a stunning statement for a bunch of people pretending to be worried about the integrity of these audits and the integrity of the voting process to say just because it's a conflict of interest doesn't make it illegal. Let me know when anyone on the Team America side gets a defense like that. Hursty, when asked about Silvestro's presence on Saturday, responded, quote, the same reason as every other time. If we have come up and we need to know that we follow the right procedures. I don't know exactly what he's saying there because that's not a real sentence. But we have not allowed him inside of the wire. So he has all the time stayed outside the wire. Well, that is just not any good form of English that I'm aware of. But I think you get the point. Typically, each audit day is full of election integrity advocates observing the day's proceedings. However, as previously reported last Thursday, Auditor Philip Stark announced that the scheduled audit day for the weekend had changed from Sunday, May 23rd to Saturday, May 22nd, the same day as the heavily promoted official launch of the Government Integrity Project, leaving many to question the motive behind the sudden change. As dictated by SB 43, the audit must be concluded by May 27th. The much-anticipated forensic audit of the machines is next on the agenda as the final week gets underway. So that means we're also going to have a whole bunch more new information out of New Hampshire this week. And obviously, this audit can be completed along a much shorter timeline because the number of votes is not even close. And these auditors also are not spending the same amount of time looking for mistakes as the people in Maricopa County. This is not going to be an audit as thorough as what's happening in Maricopa County right now. And of course, we talked about who the Wyndham Board of Supervisors chose as their auditors. I'm amazed that we're getting this much out of them. That's good. That may, may speak to the character of the auditors, but it also very likely speaks to what the plan is on how they're going to cover up greater proof of fraud. You know, they might be able to say, yeah, there were these problems in this tiny place in New Hampshire and commies will take that and they'll go with it. And they'll be like, yeah, fine. It flips them like little elections, but it's not a big deal. They might try that. They might try to give people like just enough to satisfy their knowledge that there was something fraudulent in the election without revealing the full extent of the fraud. 
And Wyndham, New Hampshire is not the sort of place that will reveal that on a grand enough scale. Maricopa County is. Now, Steve Bannon was saying this morning, he thinks the Biden Department of Justice is going to come in and try to shut this down, to which I say, maybe. Good luck. Good luck, commies. It ain't stopping. And I wonder how the commies are going to react when Justice Amaro come, or Judge Amaro comes out with his decision if he chooses to decertify the election. What are they going to say then? Because we were told that Trump didn't win any of his court cases, even though that is just factually not true. Rachel Maddow said within the middle of her panic session on Friday that Trump was zero out of 60 on court cases. Well, that doesn't seem so accurate, does it? The Arizona Senate audit is a result of court cases. Garland Favorito seeing the ballots in Georgia is a result of court cases. Do those not count because it's not the Trump campaign bringing them? They're both about to show massive fraud. What happens then? And how is it that all of those judges throughout that entire time are trusted completely? No extra information needed. Doesn't matter. You don't have to know about the case. You don't have to know whether or not the judge actually saw evidence. And none of them did. The judges that saw evidence sided with Trump. Doesn't matter that they didn't see the evidence. Doesn't matter that they didn't actually take the cases. That they dismissed them for things like standing and latches, even when they were inappropriate. But those judges are all on the up and up. That's what we're meant to believe. The communists just accept that. Oh, these judges are all, they're the final authority. And they said, Trump is wrong. Just like we knew, because we're the smart ones. No, no, that's not what happened. And it's weird that they never believe the judges when it comes to a Black Lives Matter case. You know, the only times they are ever cognizant of the fact that black people get killed in cities all the time, almost always by other black people. And almost always because those cities are Democrat controlled. Where they actually achieve political power based on the presence of that crime and that destruction of the black family structure in these places. The decimation of communities. Communities. Another commie buzzword. That's just their way to collectivize groups of people. They just call them communities. And as long as you're calling them communities, you're saying it the nice way. So you're always right. Isn't that convenient, commies? But yeah, that's the only time judges are wrong. I guess when it comes to black people. All the rest of the time, the judges can be totally trusted. Except when you feel racist. (laughs) If you don't support George Floyd, you're racist. So therefore, whatever the judge says is true. And whatever the jury says is true, even though the coroner was forced by a Democrat communist operative to change the autopsy and add asphyxiation as a cause of death. But no problem there with the court case, even though Black Lives Matter activists were on the jury, still no problem. Still no problem with that. Still no problem, even though Maxine Waters came in and tainted the jury, still no problem. Still no problem with that George Floyd case. Still no problem that even though the judge has temporarily halted the trial for the three other cops based on the fact that the coroner's autopsy report that the coroner was coerced into changing the autopsy but there's still no problem there that judge is a stand-up guy that jury is perfect and Derek Chauvin got exactly what he deserved 
and he'll keep getting exactly what he deserves for a matter of months until the decision is totally overturned. Then what, commies? What happens when Judge Amaro this week decertifies Georgia or next week or whenever it is? I don't want to put timelines on these things. What happens then? Is that judge lying? Does the court's decision not hold? <laughs> you going to appeal it all the way up to the Supreme Court? You're going to get an election case with its own precedent all the way to the Supreme Court for us? Gosh, that would be lovely, commies. Go ahead and try to contest it. Take it all the way to the Supreme Court and make them decide on it. We would love that, commies. But what about that racial violence we hear so much about? I mean, we were told that there was this spate of anti-Asian hate violence for the last year, and that it was all a result of calling the China virus the China virus, or the Wuhan flu, or the China flu, or the Kung flu. You can't even say that as a joke, because if you say Kung flu as a joke, you are racist and you hate Asians, and you cause, apparently, black people to commit violence against Asians. That's what we're meant to believe. In fact, a communist professor last week said exactly that, that it was white supremacy that makes black people commit hate crimes against Asian people. And of course, we were told that the massage parlor killer was doing so out of anti-Asian hate, even though he killed two white people and said specifically that it had nothing to do with anti-Asian hate. But we are to be convinced that there is a spate of racial violence against Asians in this country, against AAPI in this country. And even though it's black people doing it, it's still white people that caused it. Way to once again remove the agency of black people, communists. You love doing that. You commie are always the one saving black people from poverty. And of course, white people are also the ones that are causing black people poverty in the first place. But you're the white person who's the savior. You're the white savior. And everybody else is the problem. All the other white people besides you are the problem. So you're the white savior, but you're not the white person that caused the problem. That's other people. But even in that picture where you believe that white people are responsible for everything that happens in black people's lives, you don't see that that idea is the root of how you all are actually the white supremacists. And America's not a white supremacist nation. It's just you guys. And you guys control the television and the entertainment and the social media companies and the Democrats and all the fake racial organizations like Black Lives Matter Antifa, you know, domestic terrorists. That's all you guys. That's all you guys. So who are the white supremacists again? I believe that black people are actually totally capable of running their own lives. And because of that, I actually believe that they have to take moral responsibility for what they do because their skin color doesn't change anything. They are still moral beings operating by themselves 
to pretend otherwise is one of the most offensive things you could possibly say about a race of people. If we're even going to go so far as to say there are races of people, it is simply a difference in skin color. Taking away people's agency is what supremacists do. But of course, that's not all. And that's a second thought for you because you've already taken away the right to vote and you have for decades. That's how all these cities are still run by Democrats. It's not because black people actually think the Democrats are helping them in their cities. They live there. They know. But we were forced to pretend that police target black people and kill them unarmed. We're, we're supposed to pretend that that's a real thing that happens. That's a real problem that the cops kill black people unarmed at higher rates than white people. Doesn't happen to be true, but no big deal. We can repeat the slogans and we're supposed to pretend that anti-Asian violence is a real thing. And we're supposed to pretend that we're all oppressing Palestine. But now that we see rampant violence, anti-Semitic violence against Jews in every major city in this country, it seems. Explosive devices being thrown at Jews in New York by Palestinians. Roving bands of Palestinians driving up and down the streets of Los Angeles, finding Jews to beat up. Is that not hate crime? Where is the left on this? Why aren't they out there talking about it? Of course, they're not going to do that. Because that's against their political agenda. They're all about Palestine. So they can't defend Jews that are actual victims of hate crimes in this country. They always try to sweep that under the rug. Jewish hate's different because Jews are just white people, aren't they? Commies. As long as you get to redefine anything and anyone as the bad thing, then you don't have to face it. We don't have to look at anti-Semitic violence as actually anti-Semitic. We can just redefine Jews as white and then it's anti-white violence, I guess. But everybody knows you can't be racist against white people because we redefined racism too. Now racism has to be a factor of power. It's not just about discriminating against people based on their race. Although, look at that. A federal judge just decided that Joe Biden's policy of making white males, white male restaurant owners, wait weeks before they can apply for the government restaurant bailout payments. They have to wait weeks. Everybody else can go first. A federal judge has decided that that actually is racial discrimination and it's not legal. How many policies are they running just like that? All of them, all of them that they can. They are trying to institute racial discrimination in every single policy they put out there. And they're doing it based on some historical discrimination. But you can't make up for anything that way. All you're doing is punishing people based on their race. And it doesn't matter that they're white males. It doesn't matter what your feminist friends taught you. What your moronic college professors taught you. 
They also taught you things like white supremacy has caused black people to commit violence against Asian people. And that doesn't make any sense at all. And we were told that what happened at the Capitol on January 6th was also race related. We were told that that was white privilege, that only white people would get to run up the walls of the Capitol without getting in trouble, <laughs> except that some of them are actually actually in solitary confinement just for being there. They didn't hurt anybody. But they're in solitary confinement. And every Trump supporter is being called a domestic terrorist for something that was obviously caused by the left, by Nancy Pelosi. Trump offered 10,000 National Guard troops that was turned down for optics. Capitol Police and D.C. Metro Police stood aside and let thousands of protesters go up onto the Capitol steps and go into the Capitol. There is video of them opening the doors. There is video and photographic evidence of them standing aside. They are literally talking to the Q Viking shaman, whatever you want to call that guy, in the Capitol about how they are peacefully protesting. Just don't commit any violence. Just don't assault anyone. Don't wreck anything. That's what the cops told them inside the building. And now, now, we have good old John Sullivan, good old BLM Antifa domestic terrorist John Sullivan, good old Insurgents USA John Sullivan, good old journalist John Sullivan, who wandered through the Capitol that day with a CNN NPR photojournalist and then was on CNN that night talking about what he saw. And then he went and sold $90,000 worth of footage from inside the Capitol to CNN and, MS and NBC and the other news networks. That footage was used in the second fake impeachment of Donald Trump by Friar Cuck, Jamie Raskin, who tried to pretend that all these videos of violence were exactly what he said they were. No, they weren't taped by a BLM activist. They failed to bring that up. He was paid $90,000. John Sullivan was on social media putting out posts to get people to come to the Capitol so that they could be agent provocateurs and try to get the Trump supporters to act violent. You can see watching the video exactly who the people were who were breaking into the Capitol, smashing windows and whatnot. You can see who they are. We know who they are. And you can imagine that the authorities know who they are, too. But John Sullivan now, Reuters reports, U.S. authorities have confiscated roughly $90,000 from a Utah man who sold footage of a woman being fatally shot during the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol by supporters of former President Donald Trump, according to court filings. Sullivan now faces a total of eight criminal counts, including weapons charges related to the riot. Oh, weapons charges. Isn't that interesting? How many guns were confiscated from Trump supporters? On January 6th, want to know the answer? It's zero. Sullivan's lawyer did not immediately respond to requests for comment. According to the court filing, Sullivan portrayed himself as an independent journalist who was reporting on the chaos, but actually encouraged other participants to, quote, burn the building and engage in violence. 
According to media reports, Sullivan participated in Black Lives Matter protests last year. Other Black Lives Matter activists in his home state have disowned him. Oh, thanks, Reuters. Oh, they disowned him. Let me know, won't you, when he disowns them. Because until that time, John Sullivan is a Black Lives Matter Antifa domestic terrorist who went to the Capitol on 1-6 and brought more BLM Antifa domestic terrorists with him. They were bussed in. Who paid for the buses? Why does no one ever ask that? That domestic terrorist, that Black Lives Matter Antifa domestic terrorist, violent communist, went there to cause trouble. He was trying to encourage the building to be burnt down. He was encouraging people to engage in violence. And then he appeared on CNN. And it is now almost five months later before his story actually goes out in the mainstream media in as much as Reuters is the mainstream media. I can't imagine CNN or MSNBC picked that up. But Communists believe Reuters. Communists trust that Reuters is a real news source. Did they see this? Almost definitely not. But nonetheless, their standard of belief is whether or not outlets like Reuters report the thing. And once they do, then it becomes true. Even though it was 100% true on January 6th, and plenty of people knew it, now it's real true, according to the communists. And so we look at the original picture of what 1-6 was, and there is virtually none of that left. Brian Sicknick was bludgeoned to death with a fire extinguisher, except that he wasn't. Brian Sicknick was killed by bear spray. No, not that either. Brian Sicknick died of a stroke. And who knows what induced that stroke? Brian Sicknick was only 42. But it wasn't being bludgeoned with a fire extinguisher and it wasn't being sprayed with bear spray. So this very violent armed insurrection that we heard so much about over and over again in that second fake impeachment. Friar Cuck told us every little bit of it. Every hearing we have still to this day, Friar Cuck gets in there and instead of asking questions to whoever's testifying, he goes off on his spiel about how 1-6 was a very violent insurrection and Trump caused it, and we know it was a terrorist thing in the worst day since 9-11, and blah, 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 blah. Except none of that's true. It's all falling apart. And John, John Sullivan is the ringleader. He's the key that unlocks the rest of it to see what the left actually did that day. And then we get to move to Pelosi. And then we get to move to the Capitol Police and Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy, Chuck Schumer. Because we know exactly who was responsible for it. And we know exactly why it happened. They wanted to distract from the contest against the fake electoral votes in states all across the country. And they got that. They did exactly what they wanted to do. And they wanted to set Trump supporters up as terrorists so that they could be silenced and abused and censored. And they wanted a justification to put 25,000 National Guard troops up all around the Capitol and secure the entire thing with fencing and create a communist-occupied zone, a green zone, in the nation's supposed capital. 
but none of it worked. And it's all over now. Last night at midnight, the occupation of Washington, D.C. by the communists ended. And it's going to be amazing to see what happens next. We are in for some exciting times, my friends. And the great part is we've been right the whole time. And there's nothing that stops it. Nothing can stop what is coming. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. And Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. The tech side especially can be daunting. That's why I'm so grateful Anchor exists. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. They knock down all the barriers to entry. Let me explain. First off, it's free. I don't know how or why, but I'm happy about it. The platform's great. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. I can't even begin to describe how much easier it was to get my show on all the major platforms this time than it was a few years ago. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. That's right. You build your show, you make money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, and the company is committed to the success of its content creators. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks for listening. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and Parler at I'm Your Moderator. Soon I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'm Your Moderator.substack.com, where you can donate. Or you can donate at anchor.fm by searching Be Reasonable with your moderator, Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the rain. Backing as moderator for tonight's broadcast. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm your moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm your moderator.substack.com. The merch site is cancelcouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hell!